Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Thursday edition of the All Sports Podcast. I am your host, Juan Rodriguez. As always, you can call me JR, good old JR, Junior, whatever fits. We're going to recap this Thursday night football matchup. It was a good, good game. But before we get into it, let's get into some promos here. First one, Prime Equity Mortgage. They operate wholesale. They work with 50 leading banks to get the client the most comfortable loan. For their situation, they deal with FHA, VA, conventional, and hard money loans. They also help people refinance their homes. You can find them under the Andrew Casado Home Mortgage Group on Facebook. Any questions, you can email my good friend Jay Avalos at PEMTG.com. Excuse me, that is J-A-V-A-L-O-S at PEMTG.com. Next up, if you're in the Rolling Heights area of California, Happy Hippie Massage. You can find her on Instagram. She is a massage therapist and health educator. Message her for rates, prices, health advice, book appointments, as well as she is giving away certificates. So if you need that last minute Christmas gift, she's the person to get it to. She is the, if you want to give somebody a massage, get that gift certificate. It is it was worth every single penny. She's a very talented, she is very young, and she's well into her craft. So she's really good at such a young age starting out. She's very well talented. I give her my full approval. That is Happy Hippie Massage on uh, Instagram. And if you're in the Rolling Heights area, give her a call. She also does mobile now. So if you want her to go to you, message her. She, Like I said, she's willing to work. So Happy Hippie Massage on Instagram. Next up, we got Custom Lily Creations. They are an amazing t-shirt designer group. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook. She ships nationwide. So if you guys got a cool t-shirt idea, maybe for family reunion, party coming up, um, whatever the occasion may be. Maybe you want a custom sports t-shirt or maybe you just want something for graduation. We don't know. Whatever t-shirt you could think of, you know, sports t-shirts, whatever. Custom Lily Creations is your person to go to. I highly recommend. Message her for rates, prices, design. She'll help you every step of the way. So that is Custom Lily Creations. Next up, we got Eposky. They are a custom cup company. You can find them on Instagram. They also ship nationwide. So if you need a last-minute gift idea and you want to give somebody maybe a cup, maybe you want to give yourself a cup, Message them for rates, prices. They'll help you with design. They'll help you every step of the way. That is Eposky on Instagram. E-P-A-W-S-K-Y. So, what do we got on the uh, deck today? We got the recap of the Thursday night football game. What a game it was. The Chargers ended up beating the Raiders 30-27. to The Chargers are just looking to play spoilers. The Raiders are still in the playoff hunt, but now they need way more help than what this team can probably afford. So let's get to it. Uh, Let's start with the Chargers here. Uh, Justin Herbert does not look like a rookie. Let's start with that. He he looks amazing. He looks ready to go. He is the Chargers franchise for a long time. If they keep building around him, I have no doubt in my mind Los Angeles is going to be a team to keep your eye on for competing here very soon or making the division way more interesting. So Justin Herbert went 22-32 against for 314 yards and two touchdowns. And now look, I know I'm probably going to get messages. What's the Raiders defense? Everybody looks good against the Raiders defense. 
I, I understand that. I know the Raiders' defense probably shouldn't be on an NFL field. Like, they probably aren't deserving of being on an NFL field, but they're still NFL players. So what Justin Herbert did today, if that was any other defense, it'd be the same conversation, what I'm saying now. He looked great. 314 yards, two touchdowns. Austin Eckler coming back from injury, 16 yards rushing. 60 yards rushing, I'm sorry. Four receptions, 19 yards receiving. Uh, Jalen Guyton, four receptions, 91 yards. Uh, Hunter Henry, one touchdown reception. And defense, one sack and one interception. Look, the Chargers are now, as I mentioned yesterday, the Chargers needed an igniter to finish games, to finish these games. And it looked like the Raiders were going to sneak one out again. They were going to sneak one out again. And why? Because of the Chargers play calling. But they stuck it in there. They scored that winning touchdown in overtime. I thought that was great. Um, that Atlanta game is going to be the igniter. Now the Chargers are starting to build the confidence of they can win these games. They can w- start winning these close games now. I know it was against the Raiders. Don't get me wrong. The Raiders are okay. They're not the best, but they're certainly not the worst. The defense is the worst. Like that, I, I dare you to find me a worse defense than the Raiders. Go ahead. Name me a worse defense than the Raiders. I'll wait. As a matter of fact, I'll go cross-country, help my sister out in New York, uh, shovel some snow from her driveway and her car, come back, and then give me an answer on who the worst defense for the Raiders is. The worst defense in the NFL. I'm still going to say it's the Raiders. So go ahead. Find me a better one. Find me a worse defense in the NFL than the Raiders. Anyway, Look, the Chargers, they finally are learning. That comes with experience. They're still young. They still have some cleaning up to do. They're still young. and But overall, this looks like a team that's heading in the right direction. I give nothing but props for the Chargers coming into Vegas. After them dropping the one at SoFi, on a drop with zero seconds left, they win this one with very little time left. And it looked scary because that fumble in the end zone was a killer. It was a killer, and we didn't know if, you know, did he fumble it, had it recovered. It was a mess. But overall, a great win for the Chargers. This is exactly what I was saying yesterday on the show. A lot of people weren't too happy, especially Raider Nation out there. And we're going to get to you guys. We're going to get to you, Raider Nation, with all the hoopla and the messages that you guys left me. Now you guys are pretty quiet. Oh, we'll get to you. Don't worry. But it was just a mess. Herbert wins. The Chargers win. It was a good game for the Chargers. They needed this win very bad. Now let's move on to the Raiders. To the Raider Nation. Here we go. So Derek Carr started the game. He went 3 for 5 at 53 yards. But then he ended up leaving the rest of the game because of a groin injury. It had... It's pretty serious. From what Gruden said in his press conference just a few minutes ago, it's a pretty serious groin injury. One where it could probably sideline him for the rest of the year. So that could be it for Carr. So Mariota comes in. We didn't know. We're not going to know a lot about him. and the. I'm not going to take anything away from him. That's still an NFL defense out there. Marcus Mariota, 17-28, 226 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And he rushed for 88 yards with a touchdown. Guys, John Gruden has a problem. He has several problems, actually. I would say the Raiders, but we all know who the real owner is. 
is John Gruden, and it's not Mark Davis. Mark Davis is just there for looks. Somebody has to go to those owner meetings, and it's not John. The only reason John Gruden doesn't own the team is because he doesn't want to work on Monday. Okay, that's the only reason. But other than that, the John Gruden and the Raiders have issues. The first issue is obvious, that defense. One sack, Mullen had four penalties, and I think overall they had like close to 10. I'm not even sure. I think it was pretty close, pretty much close to 10. Uh, the defense is terrible, and now he has a problem late in the year that he cannot afford. He cannot afford. Now, there's a quarterback controversy. Dun, dun, dun. All right, here's the problem, guys. It's one game. Nobody planned for Mariota to play tonight. Now Miami has, you know, they have a week to see the film. They have a week to see what they run and how Mariota does it. However, this is the problem now. Should Mariota have a good game next week against a very, very talented Miami Dolphins defense? Now we have a problem. Because now Gruden has to go into this offseason. With the biggest decision of his, probably his coaching career. What do you do? Do you go with Carr? The whole reason you come, Gruden coming back into the NFL was because of Carr. He wanted to coach with Carr. But now Mariota comes in. And this is the thing I'm trying to understand from you Raider fans. It took Carr three years to figure out this system. From what you told me. From what I get. And from what I see in blogs and everything that his first year was bad because he had to learn the system. The second year was bad because he's understanding the system. He just needs the players. The third year, he gets the system and he has players. And now he looks good. It took him three years. Mariota comes off the bench for the first time and plays a game for the first time in almost nearly a year. And he almost beat the Chargers. So now we have a problem. If I'm John Gruden... Oh, by the way, I didn't mean to cut off the rest of the guys. Josh Jacobs, 76 rushing yards. Three receptions, 38 yards. And Darren Waller, again, nine receptions, 150 yards, and one touchdown. The dude's a beast. Uh, I still wouldn't put him ahead of Kelsey. uh, But he's now getting my respect as one of the top tight ends in the NFL. Um, he He deserves that much. He is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. So, but going back to Mariota and Carr, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because should Mariota play well in these next two games, the Raiders and John Gruden have to go into the offseason thinking, look, Carr might be the better quarterback of the two, talent-wise. Just an eye test. If, you know, you didn't know them and they were just on the street and they were doing a quarterback competition, I'm pretty sure Carr... And a quarterback competition can beat Mariota. Or maybe vice versa. We don't know. But just from the eye test, we look, we know that Carr can probably be a better quarterback. However, how is it that this man just got into the team and looks damn well against the Chargers when Carr has been there for seven years? It's 30 year under the system. And they seem like there's no hope. And this is the thing. If you guys go on my Facebook, if you guys go to the group on Facebook on this podcast, I did a show yesterday 
and a couple nights ago with my brother and my good friend Maria Ramirez, who probably listened to this podcast later on, and we talked about it. It's not just X's and O's. It's about body language and everything. Why is it that every time I see Carr on the bench, he's by himself, just chilling, doing his thing, whatever the case may be. But tonight, I see players defending Mariota. That interception, you know, Mariota said it was on him. He's like, look, I should have thrown the ball better. That was my fault. But then Zay Jones comes out later and says, no, I should have... I should have stuck, but I thought I had. I thought he was going to peel, and I was trying to get away, and I was going to run some more. It was a yards after the catch. That was in his mind, and it's just bad communication. All right, that happens all the time. It was a bad throw. I'm not going to lie. It was behind Zay Jones, but that's the, that's the point I'm trying to get across. The players are actually responding to stop the criticism, Mariota, whereas if it was for Carr, the old excuse would have been, we just got to execute better. We got to execute better and we got to just make sure that, you know, we clean up the the stuff from here on out. And that's the difference. This is where John Gruden has the problem because you do not want to go into next offseason. Should Mariota play well these next two games with these two guys in the same locker room? You can't do it. It'll be great to have, but you can't do it. You cannot have Carr and Mariota in the same locker room should Mariota do good. Now, if he does pretty bad or he doesn't look like he can contest with Carr to be the starter next year, then all right, bring him back. Hey, at least you know you got a player who's capable of running your offense. He's not going to do much, but he can get the job done. But if he kills it, if Mariota kills it, which I'm trying to say, watch out. Because... You can cut Mariota this year and you save ten and a half. Or you can cut Carr. Cut him. You save sixteen million. However, you're two million dead in uh, dead money. But if you're willing to eat that two million, if you're willing to eat that two million, last time I checked, sixteen is bigger than ten. So for Carr's career with the Raiders, as much as he is a team player, he has to pray. He has to pray that Mariota does very poorly these next two games. Because I could, there is now a possibility where Carr can leave and Carr can get cut from the Raiders. It's just a possibility now. Now... The fate was in his hands to lead the team to the playoffs. Now the fate is in another man's hands if he still has a job next week or not. Now let's talk about that Raiders defense. Oh boy. I mean, honestly, the Raiders defense don't even deserve any mention in any network, in any social media, any... Nobody should be covering the Raiders defense. They are not worthy. All... Players on that defensive side of the ball for the Raiders don't even deserve to be on the NFL sideline. They don't deserve to be on an NFL field. They don't deserve the way they play tonight. They don't even deserve to wear a jersey. They should be like the rest of the people in America, chilling on the couch, drinking a beer on a Sunday, and watching a football game. That's how bad it was. Trayvon Mullen is the best corner on the team, and he was penalized four times tonight. Four times. 
it, it's ridiculous to think that that that's the best corner, and you got penalized four times. That's bad. That's rough. I don't even know where to begin. I'm not going to blame Rod Marinelli because he only had a few days to figure something out. Now, there was some positives. Yeah, the rush, you know, the run stopping did get better. That's good. It's good. It's really good. But now we're in a situation now. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. They have to try to finish 8-8 eight and eight to look like they had a successful season, even though we know that's a bunch of BS. But can you trust this defense? I can't. I trust the offense to convert on a 4th and 99 than I do this defense stopping the opposing offense on a 4th and 99. I have a bad feeling that if they were 4th and 99 and the defense was on the field, they would give up 99 yards for a first down on a jet sweep to a wide receiver. That's how much confidence I have on this team. That's how much confidence I have in this team. No, I take that back. I have... what would happen? Philip Rivers would fake the handoff and he would run it himself for 99 yards. That's how much confidence I have in this Raiders defense. It is so bad. It is so bad. You ever heard that term, they can't stop a nosebleed? They cannot stop a running water hose with their hand on the shutoff valve. That's how bad this defense is for me. They're just so bad. I don't even know what they can stop. Obviously, they can't stop an NFL offense, so that's that's not the question. I don't even know if these guys are... I mean, I'm pretty sure they have to get their parents' permission for them to play on an NFL game. Like, that's how bad it is, because they look like kids out there. Like, they have to ask their mom and dad permission to play in an NFL game, because they're not ready. This Raiders team is not ready defensively. Offensively, they look good to go. They did exactly what they've been doing all year. They score a lot, but the defense gives up a lot. So nothing new there. All I'm saying is, and for the fans out there, this is where I said I would come to you. Well, here it is. This is why I'm coming to you, Raider fans. Yesterday, I did my show on Facebook, on here, on on the Anchor Podcast. I did my show. And all I got was messages all day. All day saying, you're stupid. How dare you call yourself a Raider fan? Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. I am a Raider fan. And I picked the Chargers to beat the Raiders. I picked them. And here's why. Because I knew this would happen. But we're going to go to the real fans, apparently. The loyal, the silver and black for life fans. And here we go. All I got messages and voice messages and text messages and every single way I can get a message. I got that today from you Raider fans. I got that from last night all the way up until today. And you guys are pretty quiet today. You guys are very quiet. And all I got was, how dare you pick the Chargers over the Raiders. You know the NFL's bias against, you know the officiating's against us. All right. Let's stop right there. Number one. Yes, the officiating is bad. But that's every week. Every game, there's always a few bad calls. So you can get off that high horse. It's the NFL against the Raiders. No, it's not. No, it's not. Let's stop right there. 
if you think the officiating caused them to lose this game, then clearly, if you didn't think Atlanta did it, if you think the Raiders losing to Atlanta was didn't do it, was that a bad officiating? No? Okay. If that didn't do it, if them losing, almost nearly losing to the winless Jets didn't do it for you, if getting embarrassed at home by the Indianapolis Colts didn't do it for you, then I have to say, Raider Nation fans out there that send me these messages, are you guys even watching any football? Are you guys watching the same team I am? Because clearly you're not. It's not the refs. The refs are just there. Yeah, I get it. There's some ticky-tacky calls. Yeah, that's every game in every NFL <laughs> since the history of time. So you can drop that. All I'm saying is, if none of those three examples did it for you, then clearly you have not been watching this Raiders team play football this year. And as I mentioned it to others, if you get up and walk away when the Raiders are on defense and you come back when they go back on offense, the Raiders look like a halfway decent team. That's what it is. So we know what the issue is. The issue is not the officiating. It could be play calling, but it's that defense. What's the point of scoring 30 points per game? If your defense is going to give up 31, what's the point? And, you know, call it whatever you want. Play calling, short week, whatever. This was a 4-9 Chargers team with nothing to play for but pride. And this Raiders team couldn't even do anything until the second half. So it's going to be interesting. This time last year, I was dreading for the season to be over because I was just tired of watching them. Now, these next two games, I kind of have something to look forward to. Kind of look something to look forward to. I want to see what Mariota does these last two games because he's going to play. Carr's not coming back. For you Carr lovers, he's not coming back. Why would he come back? For what? What's the point? We scored just amount the same amount of points with him on the sideline. What's the point? Yeah, the Chargers didn't know they had to play Mariota, but we'll see what happens next week. If the Raiders' offense can go back out there again and score the same amount of points, then we have a real quarterback controversy. But now I have something to look forward to. It's going to be interesting, and I can't wait. But yeah, for the Chargers, they did their thing. Congrats to them. They handled their business. And for the Raiders, <laughs> yeah, good luck. Good good luck, man. That's all I can. You guys just make me laugh. You know, you guys make me laugh. The season you guys had, I get it. Injuries suck, but everybody's dealing with them. So, yeah, for the Raiders, just good luck. I want to see what you guys do these next two games. I'm pretty sure you'll get your butts handed to by Miami, and then I'm pretty sure you'll get your butts handed to by Denver. So it's not even a question anymore for me. So. They might finish seven and nine again, and then, you know, the hundred million dollar Barbie's not going anywhere. But we'll see what the off season holds for the Raiders. Because playoffs, forget it. Why do they want to go so they can get embarrassed in the first round? Yeah, no thanks. But yeah, so 
Congrats to the Chargers. Good luck to the Raiders. And that's going to do it for tonight's episode. I want to thank everybody that tunes in. I want to thank everybody that does send me those nice messages. The messages of, you know, great show. We support you. All that stuff. As always, you know, share this with, you know, your other sports friends, your family, your friends. You know, because the bigger the show gets, the more cooler stuff we get to do. And I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a journey for all of us. So, again, thank you for the love and support. And we'll get ready. We'll do tomorrow's show. We're going to recap the Pac-12 championship. Get ready for championship Saturday. Got a lot of games, you know, on Saturday as well with the NFL and college football. So, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then we'll see what other news we get. But as far as that goes, again, congrats to the Chargers. Good luck to the Raiders the rest of the year. And, you know, we'll see you guys tomorrow. As always, please like and share this podcast. I always appreciate the support. Thank you for everybody for the nice, kind words. I love them all. So it's no biggie to me. I love every single message I get. So thank you, guys. Have a wonderful night. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new week and possibly a short week of the All Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Juan Rodriguez. As always, you can call me JR, Junior, whatever helps you out, whatever helps you get through this show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and let's get right into it. We have a lot to talk about today. So first, promos. First up, we got Eposky Custom Cups. You can find them on Instagram. They ship nationwide. So if you guys got a cool cup design that you guys might want to do, uh, maybe you want to give one for a gift, knowing that, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. You know, I, I would hurry up with that. Uh, you can look them up on Instagram. Uh, they will message them for rates, prices. They'll help you every step of the way from color, design, shape, everything. They'll help you out. That is E-P-A-W-S-K-Y. Next up, we got Custom Lily Creations. She is an amazing t-shirt designer. And you can find her on Instagram and Facebook. She also ships nationwide as well. So if you guys got a cool t-shirt idea, whether it's for the holidays that are coming up or whether you guys got either graduation, family reunions, a party, you know, whatever the occasion. Maybe you just want a cool sports custom t-shirt. That's what I did. <laughs> Look up Custom Lily Creations. Uh, message her for rates, prices. And again, she'll help you with design, color, how it'll look like in the end, the finishing product, everything. Instagram and Facebook. That is Custom Lily Creations. Next up, if you're in the Roland Heights area of California, Happy Hippie Massage. You can find her on Instagram. She is a massage therapist and health educator. Message her for rates, prices, health advice, uh, appointments, booking appointments, and she is mobile as well. So if you can't go to her, she'll come to you as long as you guys follow the COVID-19 uh, rules. Everything should be okay. And she is also giving away some uh, certificates for free massages. So if you guys don't have an idea, if you guys don't have gifts yet for your significant other, what are you guys waiting for? Look her up. That is Happy Hippie Massage on Instagram. Next up, we got Prime Equity Mortgage. They operate wholesale. They work with 50 leading banks to get the client the most comfortable loan for their situation. They deal with FHA, VA, conventional, and hard money loans. They also help people refinance their homes. 
You can find them on Facebook under the Andrew Casado Home Mortgage Group. And if you have any questions, you can email my good friend Jay Avalos at PEMTG.com. That is J-A-V-A-L-O-S at PEMTG.com. So let's get to it. As always, every new week, I like to do my best and worst of the week. And I always want to start off with the worst. I always want to get the bad stuff out of the way first. So let's just get right into it. The worst of the week. It's going to be no shocker to anybody. The Rams. <laughs> Losing to the who was once winless Jets. Who gave the Jets their first win of the year. Uh, let me just start off by saying this. I understand it's any given Sunday and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, this is the NFL. I am glad we could finally put to rest that the Jets gave the Raiders that win. For them to keep, you know, going winless and try to get Trevor Lawrence. I'm glad we could put the rumors to rest. If you guys truly believe that these guys were going to go out there and lose every, try to lose every single game. Then clearly some of you have never played. Some of you have never played any sport in your life. Nobody ever wants to lose. Nobody. I don't care if they were 0-13. They're still looking for a win. And the Rams, they just laid an egg. They played a terrible. Well, I'm not going to say everybody played terrible. The defense did all it could. Yeah, they gave up a lot of yardage in the first half. But in the second half, they came back. Uh, I'm Mostly, I don't like the pinpoint... But this was Goff, man. This was probably Goff's worst game. And it could have not come at worse at any time. Because now, as of today, they lost Cam Akers. So he's out for Sunday night. Now they have to play Seattle. Division was on the line. This is a tough division the Rams and Seattle Seahawks are in. Every game counts. And for the Rams to blow it against the Jets? Nah. Now they got another uphill battle. Now they got to go play Seattle. They are smoking hot. They look like the front runners for the NFC West. The Cardinals are still in it. They hold the final seed. So the Rams really do have to tough it out these next two weeks. They have to tough this whole, you know, wave of emotions because yeah, it was embarrassing. You guys got it wasn't like you guys went to the Jets' house. You didn't go to MetLife. They came to your house. They came to your house. An East Coast team came to a West Coast house and they flat out embarrassed you. They flat out played flawless and beat you guys in your own home stadium. It It's the same saying. Never look past anybody week to week. Never. Yeah, we make predictions and all this and that. And I was wrong. I thought the Rams could easily win this game, but they showed otherwise. So now the Rams have an uphill battle. I don't know how this is going to work out for the Rams. They just look flat. Um, nobody. It's just it was just quite embarrassing, honestly. And, and Sean McVay was had every right to be pissed, had every right to be mad about the whole situation. So that was my worst of the week. And we'll see what the Rams do Sunday coming up against the Seahawks. The best of the week for me. There was a lot of good ones. But I think I'm going to have to go to the one, stick with the NFL. I'm going to go uh, Des Bryant, finally get the touchdown in nearly three years. If people don't know who Des Bryant is, well, he was a former first-round pick by the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas cut him. 
Um, he didn't play for a year. Then he got picked up by the Saints. He tore his ACL. And, you know, got picked up by Baltimore recently. Was out of the league for a little while again. Um, a couple weeks ago, he tested positive, And they kicked him out of the game. And he was threatening to retire. But then he calmed down. I guess he talked to John Harbaugh and a couple of his teammates. He calmed down. This Sunday, he came back. Finally on the active roster. And boom. Touchdown. In nearly three years. And it's understandable why he went up to the podium and said, I had to fight back tears. That is three years. The thing is, when you love your job and you love doing your working on your craft and you finally, you know, obstacles are in your way. In his case, it was injuries, just one after the other. Then the whole COVID fiasco happened. And now he finally gets a touchdown. And I can understand why this was an emotional moment for him. It was an emotional moment because, guys, imagine you being a player and you haven't, say you're a soccer player and you were once one of the top scorers and then you haven't scored a goal in three years and you finally get one. To him, that was his Super Bowl moment. I can understand the emotion, the waves, the rides that you finally accomplished something that you love doing and you finally got a big moment. I'm sure he's going to remember this touchdown more than any other touchdown he probably got in Dallas. And anything after that. This will probably be his favorite touchdown. For a long time. And that was, that was just a credit to him for not. Because anybody else would have just stopped. You get cut. Then they get injured. They don't play for a couple of years. Anybody would have just walked away. He kept working. He kept grinding. Baltimore gave him a shot. And it all paid off for him. So I hope that's a message to everybody out there. You know, this is going to be a little bit off subject of sports right now. But if you really love something that you love doing, go for it. Do it. Because it's not the destination. It's the journey. And once once it's all said and done, you're going to love everything you've ever did. Everything you ever love, it's all going to pay off. And that's, you know, that's something a lot of people should look at. They should look at Des Bryant as... He never gave up. He bent, he's, he went down a couple times. He took one to the chin. He kept getting back up. And that to me is better than any story than you can ever imagine. So congrats to Dez and hopefully he has a few more in him. And, you know, good luck to him and the Ravens the rest of the year. So uh, before we get to Monday night, let's get to some other news. The recap of Monday night. Let's see. We got the NBA. The NBA starts tomorrow. And we got two games up the slate. First up at 4 p.m. It is the, I don't even know what they're called. San Francisco, Golden State. Ah, we'll, we'll still call them Golden State. The Golden State Warriors going up against the Brooklyn Nets. Now, this is an interesting one. KD and Kyrie are finally going to hit the floor for the Brooklyn Nets. They signed them last year, uh, but KD was hurt. And Kyrie kind of was banged up throughout the season. So this is going to be the first time KD and Kyrie take the floor together. And on the other side, you've got Steph Curry and a bunch of guys, you know, that are really trying to come back. Klay Thompson's done for the year. Draymond Green's coming back. The uh, second draft pick, is he's going to start tomorrow. And this is interesting because now you've got, you got something interesting here. Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, you know, after Golden State lost its... Uh, you know, the second time they went back to the finals, 
they lost to LeBron and then they signed KD that summer and then they went to three straight winning two of them and you know it was just over KD just decided to opt out of his contract Golden State you know that's how it goes with the NBA contracts and then he goes to Brooklyn so this is going to be really interesting you know it's going to be interesting I wish Clay was healthy to see these two teams at full strength it's going to be interesting. I love the matchup. I love that they're right out of the gate. No wasting around. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. It's going to be tough. I think Clay Thompson going down, that's a that's a big bummer. Clay Thompson's one of the best shooters out in the NBA and he's done for the year. For the Nets, it really is going to be about chemistry. They had a good season last year. They made it to the bubble, they got eliminated, that happens. But they have good chemistry. Now it all depends if KD and Kyrie can mesh with the chemistry that was last year. And Golden State, they need to find a way to make up for Klay Thompson. They have to find a way. The goal for Golden State is to show them that we didn't need KD to get back to the finals. We were fine. But now really it's, you know, if these injuries keep piling on for Golden State, it's just going to be another tough year for them. So I can't wait for that one. In the second slate... At 7 p.m., we got the Los Angeles Clippers going up against the Los Angeles Lakers. So, I think it's kind of a, well, I know why the NBA did it. I think it's kind of a, kind of a foolish move, kind of a bummish move that the Lakers are going to get their rings in front of Clipper, in front of the Clippers, where the Clippers were just one win away from meeting the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And they blew it against Denver. The Lakers are going to get their ring. They're going to see another banner up in Staples. And it's not going to be for the Clippers. It's not going to be for the Clippers. It's going to be for the Lakers again. And it's just going to be a reminder that the Clippers are the stepchild to the city of Los Angeles. Uh, But I am looking forward to this matchup. The Clippers are stacked. The Lakers are stacked. If everybody stays healthy. If everybody just wins the games they're supposed to win you know just win and if they get this is a preview of the western conference finals i believe it should have been last year but circumstances have it that the clippers choked and nothing changes that's just their history they just choke but hopefully this year's different and for the sake of the clippers it better be different oh it has to be different if the clippers should go on and not win a championship I don't see Kawhi there next year. I don't see Paul George there. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for them. It's going to be hard for Kawhi and Paul George to look at Tyron Lue and say, well, it wasn't Doc. We fired Doc Rivers because of his play. We got you because you're the younger, more energetic coach, but yet we didn't win again. You know, so what's the problem now? You guys signed all these players. The Clippers signed all these players. The Lakers did as well. This is the thing. The Clippers and the Lakers are the teams that are matching up to meet each other in the Western Conference Finals to make sure that they both have the upper hand. So for the Clippers, for their sake, they have to win. It's championship or bust for the Clippers. Because if I believe if they don't make it, everything gets blown up again. And this time it might even be worse. And for the Lakers, they're trying to repeat. They're going to try to repeat. I don't see it easier. It's not going to get easier, though. The Suns look good. 
The Clippers are stacked. Golden State's trying to make a statement. The West is tough in general. It's been like that for a decade. The East is just, it's a joke. The East is a joke. It's Milwaukee, Boston, maybe Toronto again, and then anybody else. You know, maybe the Nets will surprise people. Who knows? But, you know, the East is just a joke. It doesn't even matter. The West is really one of those. It's that division where it's like, man, whoever comes out of this every year, it feels like they're going to win the NBA title. They're going to win the NBA title. And I'm saying for the Laker fans, you know, don't be surprised if they don't get the number one seed this year. You know, the Suns look good. Chris Paul and them look good in the preseason from what I saw. Dallas is another favorite. The Denver Nuggets are coming back. They're going to try to prove that that wasn't a fluke. The Clippers are stacked. Golden State's trying to make a statement. And that's that's already five teams. Five teams I mentioned before I got to the Lakers. For the Lakers, they have a great squad. They really do. They got the amazing duo of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. They have Kuzma back. They have a solid bench. Dennis Schrader is now going to be a starter for the Lakers. It's going to be... They have a good squad. Now it's just all about can their bench perform as well as last year or even better. And can they stay healthy? If these guys stay healthy, they have a shot. But I'm not going to give the Lakers... Any favors, I'm not going to put them in the finals yet. I want to see how this plays out. Because if it was up to me right now, if I'm looking at it from a, you know, outside looking in, I got the Clippers coming out of the West. They just look too good not to win. And that's going to be interesting. So the Lakers get their rings. And then it's, you know, tip-off time. So we'll see what happens there. And then right before we go to Monday Night Football, we got a little bit of college football. So today... First bowl game of the year started. Appalachia State beat North Texas 56-28. And honestly, the real story of the game was Appalachia State's running back. He came, he run over Peoples. Cam run Peoples. 22 carries, 317 yards, 5 touchdowns. 5 touchdowns. That is oppressive. That is so impressive, man. They had a little bit of scrummage, but, you know, it's football. It happens. It was a late hit, so everything got figured out. But, yeah, Appalachian State running back, he came, he run over Peoples, come run Peoples. What a game. 22 carries, 317 yards. That's with five TDs. Can't beat that. And then tomorrow we got Tulane versus Nevada in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. And then we got UCF versus BYU on the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. I usually like college football bowls because I'm a draft nerd. I like watching prospects come out of college football. And, you know, when they get to the uh, NFL, I like, you know, seeing them, their fits, everything. So it's always cool to watch these games. And if you like quarterbacks, check out this BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson. He's been getting a lot of heat lately. A lot of heat where people are trying to shoot him up to a first rounder. I don't know if he'll get there, but he's not a bad look. If you like quarterback talent at arms, check him out. That is UCF versus BYU at the Boca Raton Bowl, roofclaim.com. So we'll see what happens there. Now, let's get to the big story of tonight. Let's recap Monday Night Football. The Bengals, yes, the Bengals, who are now 3-10-1, and Beat the Steelers 27-17. The Steelers are now 11-3. They are now in the third seed. They were second, then now third. And they look 
horrendous. They just look horrendous right now. You got Big Ben who went for 20 of 38, 170 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Benny Snell, 84 rushing yards and a touchdown and to go along with three receptions, 23 yards. And then Deontay Johnson, who is one of the leaders in drop passes, actually had a decent game. Eight receptions, 59 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Big Ben lost two fumbles and the defense for the Steelers just two sacks and five uh, tackles for losses. Look, the Steelers started off hot. They were 11-0. They looked as good as anybody, but then Bud Dupree went down. Devin Bush went down. A lot of injuries started to happen. A lot of injuries started to happen for the Steelers. This is the fourth game in a row that the Steelers don't score 20 points. I said it last week. Yeah, Benny Snell had a good game. Let's see if he can have another one. The Steelers have no running game. Big Ben just looks terrible out there. I do not see him coming back next year. This is it. This is as good as a shot. And I don't think... They might be 11-3. I don't see them beating the Colts. If, if it was playoff time right now, if they had the Colts, I don't see them beating them. I don't see them beating Buffalo. I don't see them beating the Chiefs. They might have a great record, but they're frauds. They're frauds. The Steelers are frauds. I'm going to call them out right now. They are frauds to the NFL. How they got to 11-3 and is amazing to me. Yes, they were dominant at first because everybody's healthy. Everybody's ready to go. Second injuries happen. Oh, well, you know, we just, you know, it happens. But I, as I always say, I'm never going to blame injuries on teams because that's part of the game. It's next man up. So maybe they're not as deep as we thought. You know, so the Steelers, you know, they've fallen to 11-3. and They are now the third seed. Uh, the offense looked terrible today. The defense, you know, they were just up against a huge task for all these turnovers that, you know, the offense of the Steelers gave. The defense couldn't do much. And that's the key point. You know, that's the thing. The Steelers have a great defense. They just have no run game. If they had a running game, it'd be so much better. But they don't. They don't have a running game. And we'll see what happens from here on out. I mean, they got the Colts next week. That's a tough one. I could see the Colts beating them at Heinz Field. It wouldn't shock me. And for the Bengals, this is their first win against the Steelers at home since 2013. It wasn't the best quarterback performance today by Ryan Finley. 7 of 13, 89 yards, one touchdown. But he did have that long rushing touchdown. 47 rushing yards in total, one touchdown. Giovanni Bernard came out to play today. 83 rushing yards and a touchdown, one reception, 14 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Green, two receptions, 40 yards. And that defense for Cincinnati today came out and played. Two forced fumbles, one sack, one interception, five tackles for losses. They were ready. They were ready to play. Cincinnati looked like they were ready to play. And that's a credit to them. That's a credit to Zach Taylor. Now it's all about you know what, what they can do to improve. The defense looks stacked. It looks ready to go. Maybe they can add a couple pieces here and there, but I think we all know where they're going. It's got to be offensive line. That offensive line still kind of gave up a couple big plays, you know, kind of let the defense still get through. And if I'm the Bengals, you know, you're 3-10, and and you still have a shot at one of the best offensive tackles in next year's draft. So it's going to be interesting to see. But the the Bengals did um, as good as you can ask them to. The defense came out to play. The defense was the real story of the game. The defense gave every opportunity for the offense of the Bengals to make them look good. 
And I liked it. I loved seeing this matchup. I love seeing two defenses trying to go at each other and then the offense, let's see which offense can overcome which. And we all know how that happened. So for the Bengals, you know, 3-10 and and 1 now, this is a good moral victory for them. This is a victory that even though they are eliminated from playoff contention, this is one of those victories that they're going to hold on to because you always want to beat your division rival. Always. It doesn't matter if you're out of the playoffs or you're trying to make the playoffs. You always want to beat them just to get that good feeling like, man, we beat these guys. We beat these guys and it felt great. It felt great that we beat these guys. So, you know, kudos to the Bengals, man. They did their thing. They absolutely did their thing. And for the Steelers, Steeler Nation, I'd be getting worried if I was you. I can now see this team as a one and done in the playoffs. I can. You know, they they mentioned it all night. There's only been two other instances where two teams have gone 11-0 and then lose their three straight. The first one was the 1969 Rams. They were one and done. And the other was the the year that, uh, I think, what was it, 2010 when Drew Brees and then won the Super Bowl. But the difference is between you guys and the Saints, the Saints actually had had a defense just like you, but they had a good running game. And their quarterback was still youngish. Big Ben's not young anymore, and you have no running game. The Steelers have no running game. All I'm saying is I could see the Steelers as b- the biggest frauds of 2020. And that's that's sad. For the, if this was going to be a year for Big Ben to win a Super Bowl, it was going to be this one. But then injuries piled up, but that's not an excuse. Next man up. No running game. James Conner, Benny Snell. There, nobody can hold control of that running back, that you know, starting running back role. So we'll see how, where this goes for you know the Steelers. Um, hopefully, you know, they got they got to regroup. They got to regroup quick because they are in a short week. They are going to play home next week against the Colts, but it's a short week on Sunday. So, good luck to them and for the Bengals. Good job to them. So. Yeah, other than that, that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I want to thank everybody for all the amount of amazing support I have been getting. I have been getting notifications. I've been getting messages, likes, you know, comments. I love it all, man. I love when the fans interact back. It is, It just shows that, you know, you guys actually care about the show, and I love that. I really do. Um, as always, you know... Share this podcast with your friends, your family, your loved ones, your sports friends. You know, share it because the bigger we get, you know, the more cooler stuff we get to do down the road. And hopefully, you know, you guys are enjoying this as much as I am. And as I always tell you guys, I am nothing without you guys that always tune in, listen, and at least give me almost 30 minutes of your time in a day. You know, there's 24 hours in a day, and for you guys to give me 30 minutes of your time, I always appreciate that. I really do. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. And as always, like this podcast. And if you want more content on Facebook, we're called the All Sports uh, Fan Talk. The All Sports Talk on Facebook. We're a group. You know, join it. It's fun. It's uh, interactive. The only thing I ask is be respectful. And, you know, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's just at just another guy. You know, that's my Twitter account. And then Instagram, it is at RaiderLoco91. And YouTube, J-Rod Sports and Discussions and Debate. Uh, 
you know, so you can follow me anywhere. I'm, I have quite a little bit of social media outlets, but you know, this podcast, I really want to try to get it big and you guys are helping me out every step of the way. So I always appreciate that. I always thank you guys for that. And, you know, as I said, just share this podcast, you know, like it, you know, on uh, Spotify, you know, share it with your friends, family, loved ones, your sports friends, just anybody. And, you know, I always try to give my best to you guys, but, you know, seeing the feedback I get back, it just, it really, you know, puts a smile on my face. So thank you guys. And as I mentioned, it is going to be a short week this week. As you all know, you know, Christmas is on Thursday and Christmas Day is on Friday. So we're going to be off, you know, Thursday, Friday. So we're only going to do three shows this week. So, you know, hang in there and it's probably going to be the same thing next week too. So other than that, I want everybody out there to have a wonderful night. Be good to each other. Stay safe out there in this crazy world. And we're going to tomorrow we'll recap all the NBA action. We'll, you know, talk about anything on sports. And on a final note before I finally forget for all you football fans out there, we lost a good one today. Kevin Green, the Hall of Fame linebacker who's third all-time in sacks with 160. Uh, has passed away today at the age of 58. Uh, there's been no uh, conclusions of what to has happened, you know, how he died. I just I always pray in those situations that he just went peacefully. You know, I never wish anything any bad on anybody. And when stuff comes like this, I just hope that people just go peacefully and, you know, good with good consciences and good vibes. You know, just, you know, with no pain at all. And uh, the football world lost a good one. If uh, you don't know who Kevin Green is, I recommend you guys to go on YouTube. Look up some of his highlights. Watch his football life on the NFL Network. It is so amazing to me what he did to introduce new blitz schemes with Bill Cower, With dog blitzes and stunt blitzes. With linebackers. And, you know, he was truly... A pioneer of how linebackers definitely got used. You know, Lawrence Taylor was that first pure, you know, pass rushing linebacker with the Giants. But Kevin Green was that pioneer bull rusher where he opened up for the linemen to get, you know, one on ones and open, you know, for him to take his man. But he really got into it. He really got his own as well. So Kevin Green. You know, to the Green family, you know, my prayers and condolences are with you guys. I wish you guys, you know, nothing but thoughts and prayers. Kevin Green, we're going to miss you. You're never going to be forgotten, my man. Thank you for all you did to the game. We love you. And, you know, we'll see you on the other side, my man.